and welcome to Booze and the Bible, a podcast of the Sanctuary where we discuss the good book and good booze. And now, here are the hosts of Booze and the Bible, Dan Robb and Mark Wadsworth. Welcome to the Sanctuary. It's a podcast about booze and the Bible. I'm Dan Robb. I'm the theologian, and he's Mark Wadsworth, the brewmaster. If you have a comment, query, conundrum, or quagmire, then please visit our Facebook page or send us an email at contact at sanctuary.bb.org or send all your hate mail to Mark Wadsworth at I don't care dot who cares. Hey, 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 I do care. I do care. <laughs> I just had to try, right? Well, we're, we're recording this uh, before Christmas, the week of Christmas, rather, and I thought it was appropriate to have the talk about the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. And so therefore, I, I kind of tend to think of this as, it's the most judgmental time <laughs> of the year. Somebody let Andy Williams in here, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, and and really, the reason I, I, I say that just is because, it's, uh, obviously it's tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, people go home, they visit family, and sometimes people can feel... Uh, the judgment, if you will. Uh, not saying I do, but uh, I'm just saying. And when I think about this time of the year, I always reflect on the year that's gone by. But as we're recording this here, there's a book, or really audiobook, that I listen to. If you ever get the audiobook, Patrick Stewart does the reading of it, and it's a Christmas carol. And he's got that great voice. And I always, I, I tend to always come back to this book because... No matter what you've done in your life, where you're at, you know, you can identify with Ebenezer Scrooge a little bit to some degree. You know, things happen in your life, and the next thing you know, it changes the course of your life. And, but he can also, at any point in time, change the course of his life. And I've always found that encouraging because, you know, I'll, like I said, I always reflect on that. And, and after I got through all the wordiness of Charles Dickens' uh, book there, I, I appreciated the message that he was trying to send, and that is, hey, there's always hope, you know. However, though, today, we are going to be talking about the finality of it all. So after we talk about the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment and what those mean and what they, uh, those concepts are, just understand that you, there is hope because you still are alive, you're still breathing right now, and you can do something to curb that. All right, Mark, um, What's the beer that we're going to be drinking today? Well, we've got a real treat today. Um, we're going to sample the 903 Brewers Sasquatch Vineyard Oak Age Stout. Well, that's a mouthful. It is definitely a mouthful. And probably won't be able to say it again after we've sampled it. Because <laughs> this thing comes in at 10.5% oh, alcohol man. by volume. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> it, gosh. It's an American Imperial Stout. You know, it, it's one of those things that kind of looks like your basic motor oil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from a craft brewery located in Sherman, Texas. And it's a seasonal offering from the 903 Brewery. So that means it, it changes from year to year. So there's no real rankings out there on this about this beer on Beer Advocate. Just a couple of reviews. Mm. Uh, but the brewery does have something to say about the beer. And th- this is a quote. Okay, it says, <laughs> In the rousing edition of our reserve series, we found inspiration from the classic pairing of dark chocolate and red wine. Ooh. 
We gave Sasquatch's Vineyard an imperial stout foundation with chocolate and roasted malts, lending notes of cocoa nibs, dried oh, wow. fruit, and dark bread to the base. I'm getting thirsty. Yeah, now here's the crazy part. They say, additions of Cabernet Sauvignon grape must <laughs> impart the beer with sublime notes of cherry, earth, dark fruit, and cassay. Now, if you're like me, you were wondering, what the heck is grape must, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, grape must is the squeezed grape juice that's used to make wine, but huh. it's not like normal grape juice. It generally yeah. has, like, seeds and skin and oh. all kinds of stuff in it. Right. So, this fresh grape mishmash, you know, <laughs> must, yeah. uh, it's the first stage of winemaking, okay. uh, you know, and it, it happens after you've, you know, squeezed the grapes and prior to fermentation. So 903 is basically doing a little beer-wine hybrid here with this process. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, as as a brewer, to me, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Right. And I would personally never try such a thing. But, hey, the people, the couple of people who did review this had a different opinion. So let's pour this monster oh, and see geez. what we have. So uh, we uh, poured this beer into a Belgian tulip-style glass because of the high alcohol content. And I'm looking at this, cool. and it is really, really dark. It's uh, yeah. you know, it's what you'd expect. Yeah, um, uh, it will wake you up in the morning. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. So I noticed when we were pouring it. Uh, Dan's Dan's already had a little taste of it. And yeah, he's, he's dying to say something. <laughs> but I noticed when we were pouring it, it it smelled like a bottle of Cabernet coming out of the oh, can. Oh yeah, very strong. Very very strong. And um, so let's see. Yeah, you definitely get the chocolate. That's for sure. Oh yeah, you get the wine. Well, it, it's not grape juice. That's for sure. But that is a most unusual uh, mixture of flavors. I have to say. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And by unusual, I don't necessarily mean good. <laughs> I think it's one of these things that would have to grow on me, and I'd have to right. really think about it. I'm kind of wondering, you know, it's too cold right now to get all of the, the flavor nuances out of it. So I'm sort of wondering about as it warms up, as we're going along, maybe, you know, it'll... Coming back to it at the end? Yeah, or maybe something, but... A, um, a, fair, a fair assessment. I yay yay. Uh, right off the bat, I would I would uh, my initial response would be run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I, I can't uh, can't complain to that. Now, I, I mean, when you were reading all of what you you know the description of it, oh, I taste all of that and like like it is just like it lets you know what's in it yeah. right away. Yeah. There's no subtleties at all. There's, it's just, uh, it's like the time, uh, my mom said, you know, lean back and us boys were acting up and she said, I don't want to hear another word out of you. And I said, and she smacked me across the face and I learned, Hey, don't do that. That, That's kind of what drinking this is like. I I get that. I really do. Um, you know, I think that probably a person who is more in tune with wines Mm-hmm. would like this uh, more so than a than a beer snob. Yeah. And I say that because there's almost 
too much going on in here. There's a lot of wine. And none of it is subtle. No. I mean, it's it's like chocolate. And right. Wine. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah that's, that's really what it vanilla, is. Vanilla, I think it is. Something like mm-hmm. But it's just like, boom, I just shot your mouth with a double barrel shotgun yeah yeah. (laughs) so anyway that's our review for for. it let's see if i can say it again for the 903 brewers sasquatches vineyard oak age stout now guys you know keep in mind that's just our opinion um no two people in the world have the same taste buds so if you see this out there and you know, it is a cool looking can and I'm not going to say it's, Oh yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's very different. And if you are up for trying something that's, uh, really not your average beer, this is the thing to do. And I'm looking at this can now mm-hmm. and maybe that's what we should have done. It says pairs with smoked mushrooms, ascots, uh, and, Live, laugh, love signs, whatever that I, I means. I thought an ascot was something you wore around your neck. It is. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so, moving that, right along. That, yeah, that says it all right there. <laughs> I can remember, I don't have a segue for this, but I, I just remember, you know, growing up in church and I would act up in church. And... My mom did this thing where I know it was the 80s, but it was always let our hair grow a little bit longer in the back and then shorter in the front. So it wasn't really a mullet, So, but I, I didn't know what a mullet was either. So, And what she would do is when we were doing stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing, like acting up or giggling or doing something as the pastor was preaching, Uh-oh. she would reach across. And it's like my mom had like Inspector Gadget arms, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I, I thought I was far enough away and she'd be like grabbing the back of our hair or the famous one was that she would take a pen and just jab it into your thigh. Ouch. Yeah. And you're like, Ow. and she didn't do that one as much. But uh, she, or, or my favorite was, it only happened once. So it was one of those where it only has, has to happen once, where she would grab you by the ear and you're going out the door, you Ow. know, kind of thing. Yeah. That was for the big ones, you know, because, you know, you embarrassed her. But there was always this dead silence when you get into the car to drive home. And the car ride, especially if you did something wrong, was long (laughs) and it wasn't that it was very far away it just felt like an eternity and you could try to to shake it up by going hey dad how about those chicago bears and you get nothing back because you knew you know she had told you when she pulled you by your ear outside your father's going to hear about this when when he gets home so you would rather have been strapped to the bumper like a deer yeah yeah pretty much okay (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, you kind of had a little bit of a fun time here in in the title calling it, and there's the judgment. But for all of us, you know, there are two, there's two separate concepts here. There's the judgment seat of Christ, and there's the great white throne judgment. They're each distinct in in their own, in the, in the judgment, in the, in the, and really it's an evaluation. For us, it's an evaluation as a believer. That's the judgment seat of Christ. And we live in a culture that doesn't like judgment. However, though, 
judge this kind of judgment can either be good or it can be it can go bad. And just much like you know acting up, I paid dearly for my acting up uh, when I got home because I did face uh, my dad's wrath. However, though, it could also be good if I had actually you know been a good boy in the sense. And the, and the Christian life is like that. We're going to get evaluated on the way we live our life. We don't. We talk about grace, and, the, and yes, we do get that. However, though, we also are evaluated on what we do. And as I stressed before, that's a good thing or a bad thing. So um, the great white throne judgment is for non-believers. So people, and you, you'll, you'll pick that up at, I believe it's Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. And, you know, non-believers are going to get a chance when they say, oh, I hope my good outweighs my bad. Well, yeah, you're going to get that chance. Because he is going to evaluate you based on your good outweighing your bad. You know, the problem is we can't be good enough. Right. So um, let's see here. The judgment seat of Christ, it's called, also called the Bema seat. Uh, like I said, it's not nothing to be to dread because you have, like in the, the, the book, The Christmas Carol, I alluded to earlier, you have the choice on how this is going to go, and you can change it now. You don't have to, like, dread. You, you, you can make the change like Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, and yes, he was he at the end of his life, sure, but he still had the opportunity to finish strong. You see, it all depends on your view of God. If, if you were to view God as an angry dude that you can never please, then yes, I would dread that because there is nothing you can do. However, though, as you stressed, and I believe it was in one of our last podcasts, how much God, lo- oh yeah, it was how, how we are acceptable to God, that podcast, which is a great one. If you haven't listened to episode six, please, well, don't stop listening now, but uh, please listen to that one. <laughs> was that my, that was a good sale, wasn't it? I oh, yeah, that was a great that. sale. There, I, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here's the crux of the issue is that how we, our view of God depends on how we're going to view this. And it can be a, a really a good thing or it can be a bad thing. And we base our relationship with God, I think it's just a natural thing, and, I, and I, I believe I've said this before, but we base it on our relationship with our own father, our earthly father. So are you saying that, like, if your father is a very authoritarian dude who demands, you know, uh, ritualistic, uh, uh, you know, obeying him on everything, you know, wash this many times, do this, do that, Yeah, that as you as you grow up, that's going to affect your view of God, and you're going to think that God is this horribly authoritarian, demanding uh, God. But that if the opposite is the situation, if your father is a very loving person, then you're probably going to grow up thinking that God also is a very loving God. Is, is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. absolutely what I'm saying. Yeah, 1,000%. Hmm. I mean, my, my father was distant in my interactions with him were at many times unpleasant. Uh, they, you know, I, you know, you ask him a question, and he, yeah, I, I just, I would, I would always be walk away going, "I'm sorry that I asked you a question. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake." And naturally, I, I, my view of God went right into that. And unfortunately, that's not who God is. And we, I've stressed before. We've, you've stressed before. You know, God is holy. God is justice, God is gracious, God is loving. And 
we are portrayed as his children for a reason, because that is our heavenly father, is he is all of those things, you know? And at the heart of it, it comes out as, you know, if you will, judgment, but he's given you an evaluation for how you did. He empowered us, you know, gave us the Holy Spirit to go live for him. And true, we don't have to obey him. We don't have to be a disciple to go to heaven, but he gives us the choice, which is why disciple, disciple means learner. He's asking you to come learn from him, you know. So anyways, we get kind of back in here, and let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15. Verse 10, it's, this is the New King James Version here. It says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. So there he's, he's talking about, okay, he's laid the foundation. What are you going to do with what you've been given? That's kind of the idea. Uh, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I agree. Verse 12, Now if anyone builds this on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. And see, day is going to be key for how you understand Bible prophecy. Um, we'll, we'll explain that here in a minute. Uh, for the day will declare because it will be reveal, revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which, is, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. Mm. Uh, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. So what that verse is saying there is, if you have nothing to show for your life, like the parable of the talents with the guy with the one talent, oh, see, I buried it. And then that now, here, here you go, I'm giving it back to you. And he and, gets that taken away. And he right? gets that taken away, yeah. but yet he's still, according to this verse, he's still saved. However, though, it's he's got nothing to show for it. So we're back to that discussion that we've had a couple of times on the podcast, you know, that salvation is different than discipleship. Right. And the salvation's free. You know, God gives that to us just by belief in his son, Jesus. But... The discipleship's not, and as we build, you know, as we go through our lives and we're building on it, doing things, we can either do things that God wants us to do, or we can do things that God doesn't want us to do. And maybe sometimes we do things that we think God wants us to do, but God really doesn't want us to do, and that's just as bad as mm-hmm. as doing something he doesn't. But in, in any case, in, in all those situations, um, that does not affect your uh eternal uh, being with God, you know, you, you have that, that salvation, that eternal life, but it will affect um, kind of your status maybe uh, later on, you know? Right. Yeah. It's uh, uh what is it? Revelation 19 about the, uh, the clothing from the uh, outer right. darkness, you know, uh, episode again, another great episode to listen to there. I'm really coming up with a lot of these. Uh, wow. I, I could be a salesman here. Dan the pitchman like. today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just just trying to help our listeners out here. Yeah, yes. just giving them some good stuff to listen to. Uh, no, yeah, the, all all of that's true, Mark. I I 100% agree. Um, here, let's uh, explore this idea of the judgment seat of Christ. Here, Romans chapter 
uh, 14 verses uh, 10 through 11, it says, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, and again, he's writing this to believers, the Romans, and uh, the Christians in Rome. And so it is for us. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. It's not for unbelievers. Uh, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. And our last passage that we're going to read here is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. And he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, we are well, uh, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, if you're wondering what that's a reference to, that's a, a really, a, they call it the rapture. Depending on your theological view, you'll have that somewhere around wherever that might be. Uh, and again, or you might not even believe in, in something of a rapture. Um, and that's, that's fair too. Uh, but he goes on here, verse 9, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Uh, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And I also trust uh, are well known in your consciences. This all depends really upon your theological bent, how you view the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. The distinction is that one is for believers and the other one is for unbelievers. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, I believe it's verse 15, uh, unbelievers will get that chance to be judged according to their works. And they're, they're going to be found, you know, hope my good outweighs my bad. They're going to be they're, Yeah, they're not going to like the they're not gonna, that. They're not going to no. like that, you know. But, yeah. you know, you will get that chance uh, to do that. And as I said earlier in the podcast, it you know it comes back to that story of Christmas Carol, which was probably entirely too long that Charles Dickens wrote because he got paid by the word. But the reality is, is that you have the chance, no matter how old you are, to change the course of everything. Yeah. And look, we're all sinners. We're saved by grace. We all have our hangups and the things that we do. However, though, we have the chance at every moment to do something different uh, just by bringing the world really a little bit of cheer. Um, really, it's God's love you know, that we put out, and it's, it's up to us to do that. And I can't undo all the things that I did in the past. That's done. You know, I can only do what I can do right now. And that's really what how we should view the judgment seat of Christ. It's not something to be feared. It's something to be, I guess, embraced in a lot of ways because it can be a very good thing. Now, if you've never done anything for the Lord, like I said, you still are breathing. You still have the chance. Any thoughts? It's a, it's a mind-blowing process there, but I get what you're saying, Dan. You know, yeah. um, God gives us every possible opportunity. And he gives us free will. Yeah. And so it's really up to us. He, he tells us what he wants, and we can either do it or not. 
um, it's up to us. Yeah, and how we choose to respond to people and people that hurt us, people that you know do things. It's it's up to us to show them grace. And I think some, oh, quite often it doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat. You can still keep your ground, but you can still show them grace right. in that. All right, well, thanks for so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and smash that like button. And next week, we'll be talking about the unpardonable beer sin. Uh, I, I, actually, I think that's just the unpardonable sin. Dan. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Anywho, uh, we'll be looking at Young's Double Chocolate Stout, oh, which yes. uh, I'm already getting uh, thirsty for, so... Yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Please always remember that we're not saved because we're eternally faithful to the Savior. We're saved because He is eternally faithful to us.